0: Hello, and welcome to episode 22 of On Liberty, coming to you live from the Center for Independent Studies in Sydney, Australia. I'm your host, Salvatore Babonis, and joining me today is Dr. Qin Jin, President of the Federation for a Democratic China. I'll be talking to Dr. Qin Jin about the prospects for democracy in China's future. Dr. Qin Jin, how are you?
1: I'm very well, thank you. I'm very excited. Uh, at this moment, the uh, China issue is, uh, is, is again to be the focus of the world.
0: Oh, everyone's talking about China, but I want to start by talking about you. So you're a member of the 1989 generation of students, Chinese students who were here in Australia when Prime Minister Bob Hawke famously offered uh, residence to any students from China who were caught here at the time of the Tiananmen Square massacre. What brought you to China in 1989? I'm sorry, Uh, talking to Australia in 1988,
1: Yes. I, I arrived in Australia in uh, in November 1988 uh, the my thought was very simple was very simple I just want to have a have a change of my life and I would like to see something which uh, which which I, I I do not know so uh, actually I had this kind of a thinking for a long time the first time I uh, I changed my mind that was my first uh, First trip overseas, uh, that could uh, trace back to 1981. I was uh, I was traveling overseas. That broadened my mind.
0: So, so uh, it, I'm sorry to interrupt, but very few Chinese would have been traveling overseas in 1981. What brought I, you traveling? Uh,
1: I, my uh, my uh, uh, occupation. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, Seaman, I was a seaman in China, working working for the China uh, Ocean Shipping Co- Company, uh, short for Costco. So okay. my first, yeah, my first trip overseas was in 19, early 1981, uh, traveling from Shanghai to West uh, to London to uh, Hamburg to uh, uh, Rotterdam and uh, uh, Bremerhaven. Ha- ha- all these. Uh, cities. So that trip broadened my mind, opened my eyes to see the huge difference. And I noticed uh, I was cheated. I was cheated. We were educated that uh, the proletarians should liberate the whole world uh, before liberate themselves. So I noticed uh, Uh, I was brainwashed. I was brainwashed. I have to get rid of that. So when I returned back to Shanghai, I noticed a huge difference. And I noticed, no, not the the people in this uh, capitalist country need to be liberated. Actually we need to be uh, re-liberated. So that started my uh, my change of my my mind.
0: So it's funny, most British people think of 1981 England. As a, a country in crisis, that it was uh, the economy was terrible and runaway inflation. But for you, 1981 London was prosperity and freedom.
1: No, I I didn't see the prosperity or po- poverty of London, but I noticed the lifestyle and the li- uh, li- uh, living uh, living standard is, was much higher than that in China. And I was in a city, Shanghai. That that was the uh, most co- uh, cosmopolitan city, the richest, uh, the richest city in the uh, in, in China. So we we lead a we we lead a life much worse off than the uh, than these Westerners. So I think uh, we were we were uh, brainwashed. So I have to change change my view to relook at China. So that brought brought me the first first change of my mind.
0: Now, I want to move forward a little more quickly, but I do have to ask you, I know you came to Australia in 1988 as a student, but everyone's going to want to hear about your first trip to Australia. What were your first impressions of Australia? Uh,
1: My first trip to Australia was in 1982, Uh, let me think. Yes, it was in 1982, and, uh, and my first trip was from another port city in China, uh, to to Australia, to Australia to load iron ore in a, <laughs> in a port called Dampier in west uh, in west uh, in western Australia. Oh, that was a very very horrible
0: horrible <laughs> trip.
1: I We were the whole ship was nearly was nearly sunk into the bottom of the sea. So after that, I think oh I I must be a man of a fate, uh, because because. Uh, under such enormous danger, we did not, uh, we did not slip all this uh, 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 steel coffin uh, to the very bottom of the sea. We are still alive. So I think I have to treasure my life. Maybe I, I, <laughs> I, I, have some mission in the future. So that was my first uh, first trip to, oh, to wow. Australia.
0: So as a merchant seaman, you'd been to London. You'd been to Dampier, Western Australia. Why did you choose to come study in Australia?
1: Uh, I think so. After that, I noticed the, uh, uh, I have a lot of thinking. I think my thought was, uh, uh, if, we w- if I want to change China, at that time, I have, the, I have the thought to make a change of China. I believe the political system of China was not, was not correct. It was wrong. Uh, so I have to follow the footstep of our uh, forefathers. Uh, The the one I admire at the time was Dr. Sun Yat-sen. So in this kind of thinking, I thought maybe we have to uh, travel overseas to build up the the forces Mm. and bring it back to China, to change China. So because of this this kind of thinking, I grabbed the golden opportunity, golden opportunity that was offered by, by Australia. Then Australian government offered the Chinese a short-term language training course, so I just picked that, that up. I just raised a high debts, uh, as high as a, almost a, a lifelong uh, wages to to repay. But but actually, I I or most of other Chinese just took this uh, took that as the opportunity to 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 vote with their feet to leave China. So in nineteen eighty-eight, I arrived in, in Australia. So right. I immediately I felt so uh, so excited that I'm afraid. I was afraid. Yeah. Now, let me say was a quick, yeah. Let me say a quick
0: to hello to Elizabeth, to Anthony, to Chris. Thanks for watching. We really appreciate it. You've been working now for Democratic China. As I said in the introduction, you're the president of the Federation for Democratic China. You've been working for Democratic China now for a little more than 30 years. Yeah. What are some of the ups and downs in that battle?
1: Uh, it's, uh, at that time, I thought it might be, the, might be the movement that very very soon to be realized. Because at that time, the situation in China was not bad, especially the political situation in China. And the Chinese people enjoy kind of a, uh, freedom uh, because of the uh, uh, political relaxation uh, during this period from 1979 to 1989. So, so many young people were liberalized to, em- to embrace uh, free thinking and democracy. So, because of that, the two Chinese democracy movements took place mm-hmm. in, in China. One was in 1986, another one was in 1989. So it looks quite hopeful. So actually, when I was in Australia, I, I was not joined, the, joined this movement just because of the 1989 Tiananmen Square massacre. I was I was actually looking for or seeking for a uh, political opposition at that time. Well before, well before the Tiananmen Square massacre, I already uh, found the overseas Chinese democracy organization, which is uh, which was uh, the Chinese Alliance for Democracy, short for uh, CAD. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was founded by Dr. Wang Bingzhang, who was the first Chinese doctoral student. Uh, graduate from uh, from Canada, he just gave up his uh, uh, his uh, his profession to initiate the overseas Chinese democracy movement. Mm-hmm. So that's the that's the situation situation at that at that time. And did, I keep working on that?
0: How did yeah. it feel to you when you saw, as you must have seen, the Tiananmen Square massacre unfold on television? What was it like for you as you know Chinese but living safely in Sydney?
1: Uh, at that time, uh, all Chinese people were so moved uh, for, this, uh, for this tragedy. I remember clearly uh, the following day, uh, two days later, on 6th of, of, of June 1989, we had a very big gathering in, in Sydney Town Hall Square, uh, lots, uh, lots of uh, prominent figures to attend, even then, opposition leader Bob Carr uh, was the speaker there, and also other prominent figure. And they, uh, and they, uh, I, at that time, the the incident, the massacre, aroused so many Chinese people to hate, to hate the Chinese uh, government, to hate the, to hate the CCP. So, and also Australian government offered. A very benign, uh, uh, benign uh, decision. That was Bob Hawke. made the uh, He made the uh, emotional decision to allow all Chinese nationals to stay in Australia, to stay in Australia uh, without against against their own will, and send them back to China. So, so at that time, we started to to have a quite peaceful uh, life in Australia.
0: Right, but you—I mean, unlike a lot of other immigrants, you haven't really been looking for a peaceful life. What motivates you? I mean, why do you think that there's a chance that we will see a democratic China in your lifetime?
1: Uh, at that time, I—I I thought it might be very quick because after the Tiananmen Square massacre, we noticed the—the—the the, the communist camp was just destroyed, just be just destroyed by the end of a. Uh, by the end of 1989, uh, most of uh, most of Eastern European bloc just uh, uh, just uh, fall down one by one. Uh, the funny thing was that on the same day, the 4th of June 1989, uh, Chinese democracy movement was uh, cra- was crushed, but Polish achieved their democracy. They had that day they 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 had the election. Uh, uh, I, the solidarity
0: movement solidarity
1: movement just took over the uh, took over the power uh, Poland uh, polish become uh, enjoyed the de- democracy so uh, within one year one year or two the whole west the whole eastern eastern European bloc just uh, just dissolved including former Soviet Union so right. so that gave me a, a lot of uh, confidence maybe China will achieve democracy very soon.
0: But what but about I'm now? T- I, I mean, it's been it's been 30 years, China seems to be getting no closer to democracy. Uh, what gives you any hope now to continue working for a democratic China?
1: Uh, I would say now the situation now is much, much better than 30 years ago, much closer, because. Closer. The world. Most
0: people would say China's become more repressive than ever.
1: Yes, it is true. But China could overturn immediately as long as the West democracy uh, awakening awakened. So I just I would like to say that the realization of Chinese democracy relies on the political change in China. The political change in China relies on the uh, Domestic uh, political climate and also the uh, international grand political uh, climate. So, mm-hmm. but the China, uh, the domestic political climate relies on the uh, formation of international, international uh, political uh, uh, political climate. Now it looks like it's forming. It's forming because uh, because the uh, the, uh, the United States is awakening. The United States, at last, to have a have a gutful president who would like to contain, contain China. I remember uh, I noticed that some scholars said the uh, U.S. changed its China policy since since uh, 20, uh, uh, 2017 from Donald uh, Donald Trump administration. But I noticed that even earlier. I just I remember that, that that's very interesting. I had a conversation with the uh, with President of uh, uh, what is his name, Stephen Owens, mm-hmm. the the President of uh, uh, of the uh, Committee on uh, right. United Committee for U.S. China US-China
0: Relations, right?
1: Relations. Yeah. I had a closed door meeting with with him, and he tipped me off that if Donald Trump uh, was elected he may change the US China uh, relationship but he reiterated reiterated Donald Trump is is totally impossible to be elected <laughs> uh, yeah yeah but from that moment i cherished the high expecting that he must be he must be the winner but yeah a month later he was uh, he was the winner so I, the 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 time started from from that time, the the historical page is uh, is turn, uh, is turning over the over the page that we can look at the new new prosperity.
0: Uh, well, then prosperity. How, do you, well, then how do you feel about the next U.S. election, which of course is coming up in just a, a couple months? Uh,
1: in two months' of time, I a big hope that Donald Trump should uh, should uh, be elected. If he is elected, I believe his China policy. Will continue, and China would be easily would be easily knocked down, knocked down. And look at the situation now. The whole world uh, these days, even today, uh, the uh, checks are still in Taiwan. They are just run through the uh, bottom line of the one China, one China policy, uh, one China policy of of Beijing. I think the checks are very, uh, very bold. So Donald Trump, if Donald Trump is uh, re-elected, okay. I'm very comfortable to see in the next four years time, Chinese Communist regime would be knocked off.
0: So so that's a very strong statement. Uh, I mean, you seriously believe that simply by having strong American pressure, I mean, we've seen Donald Trump has had the kind of maximum pressure policy against China, that strong external pressure will bring down the regime in China? I mean, what about all the secret police? What about all the monitoring? I mean, what makes you think that external pressure can possibly undermine internal politics in China?
1: Only the external pressure could bring the internal pressure to come up. Only the the policy, U.S. policy, the tough policy against the CCP could cause the uh, uh, China's economy uh, just uh, uh, slip, uh, slip down, or, or just slip, uh, slip over, the, over the cliff, and that will cause the uh, social unrest. And the social unrest could cause the uh, uh, inter, inter-party tussles. So that would be the political opportunity. That would be the political opportunity. Now these days, we can see the Mongolian are fighting for their language to preserve their language and and, and culture. I think that's the stu- stupidity of a uh, Chinese top leader, Xi Jinping, to make such uh, such a blunder. To he's uh, I think he he's just a cornered at the moment. Right. So the chances are very very high for for right. us.
0: The- so, yeah. so not just Mongolians, but also of course Uyghurs, Tibetans. What's your take, and we're going to go to viewer questions in a minute, but I have one final question for you, which is what is your take of the internal situation in China? You have, of course, a much closer view of what's going on inside China, Uh, whether we talk about uh, the Uyghur unrest, Tibetan unrest, Falun Gong, uh, the situation in Hong Kong, uh, even the tensions with Taiwan, the so-called five poisons that you've written about in your own work. Do those cause very much internal trouble in China? Or really, does Xi Jinping have that all under control?
1: Uh, Xi Jinping is now all under his control. Yes, it's true. Uh, But all the situation could turn off, just changed. All of a sudden, as long as the Western, the external pressure is enough. So for the past thirty years, since 1989 Tiananmen Square, there was almost no external pressure onto the Chinese government. It was the huge mistake of former U.S. U.S. Pres, uh, 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 administrations. Look at the senior Bush, uh, Bill Clinton, and, and Barack Obama. They all just just. Uh, Try to have a benign relationship with with the CCP. Naively believe that offer enough chance to CCP. Ch- CCP will change. Now the the cruel, uh, cruel reality is China is not going to change. Only you are going to fight against the uh, the CCP. Now Donald Trump knows that he's doing that. So. Uh, I know not many people dislike him, I, and I noticed that he's sometimes he's uh, he's not doing a very doing a good job. He's a uh, he's a big mouth, and he's a uh, losing cannon. Uh, lack of a uh, uh, correct uh, political uh, concept. Uh, but but he rejects political correctness. He's bold, he's decisive, and he's committed. So all the changes U.S. China's. Ch- US China policy change was under his administ- uh, administration and I, I and I could see the the current the current uh, Secretary of State is really doing a good job he's doing the, he's knitting he's doing the knitting to uh, to get all the to form an alliance to to uh, stand against, stand up to against the CCP that caused, uh, that would might be the the, uh, the 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 work behind the scene. For the, uh, for the Czechs to visit, openly visit Taiwan. So everything is going on. I, I'm happy to see that. So that's the, that's the sign of, a, of a, in Chinese language, we say Tian shi, di li, heaven, heaven, and uh, earth, and, uh, and human, all these things, very, very crucial. In English term, uh, in, in English uh, uh, language context, people will say political opportunity. But mm-hmm. in Chinese language, we will say 天使地理人和, Heaven, the heaven uh, mandate—that means a mandate of heaven or God's will—and mm-hmm. uh, and the time and the timing, time and the time, time and the tide—is right. is on our way. And also the earth, the uh, the earth, uh, we say uh, 人和地理, That the earth, also we say the uh, how can you say that? It's uh, just. Uh, favorable favorable uh, uh, geographical advantages advantage and most important is a human is a human uh, human factors so now human factors so very important xi jinping and uh, and donald trump these well, two people are fighting each other that's the so thing sp-
0: so speaking of human factors we are going to go to viewer questions in just a moment yeah. first let me just ask everyone please if you're enjoying the video Hit the thumbs up. We have 41 people watching at this very moment, but only nine people have liked the video. If you like the video, please like the video. Also subscribe to the CIS YouTube channel. We also would love to have you as a member. Now, if you're already a member, thank you very much. Please consider upgrading. As you know, if you go up from the $40 to the $250 level, I will personally send you a signed copy of Liberty and Liberalism, the first work of classical liberalism published in Australia. Uh, but if you are not a member, at $40 you can become a member of the CIS. Of course, you get notifications of these events. And probably most importantly, you will, well most importantly for me, you'll show your support for this program. It takes a lot of effort and staff time to make this program happen. If we get members coming in through the program, that really does reinforce the message to the Center for Independent Studies that it's worthwhile for the organization to be making this platform possible for us and for you, the members and viewers who tune in. So thanks, everyone, for your support. But please do either become a member, consider a contribution. There should be a support link coming up in the comments. We'd love to have your support. Now, Chinjin, we already have a whole series of questions coming in. We're going to get to all of them if we can. But there's one that I was unaware of. I know you follow Chinese politics so closely. You'll be able to answer this question. Chris asks, how do you interpret the recent arrest of the Shanghai police chief. Now, I was unaware of this. Can you give us some background on that?
1: Shanghai police chief. Uh, yeah, I think the, uh, uh, this is a, uh, yeah, I, I watch closely uh, about China's uh, politics. So someone called me, uh, give me a name, uh, Australian writer and a China watcher. But I do not pay close attention to these uh, tiny issues, this tiny issue. This is only the internal Conflict within a party, it won't, it won't uh, result just have impact for the whole political change in China. So, I'm sorry. So, for this uh, small issue is really, really not that important, which could impact the the big picture, the whole situation. So you do that
0: just, just as part of local party struggles, not as part yes. of a larger. No, no. No. Right uh, now, Mike wants to know at a big picture level: Do you think Xi Jinping is behaving so aggressively because he feels under pressure, both internal and external pressure?
1: Uh, I would say Xi Jinping is a very, very, very funny guy. So I never know, ne- never knew Xi Jinping before he was uh, uh, he was chosen as the uh, uh, next. Uh, Top leader, top leader. After she, after Hu Jintao, but I remember Xi Jinping. One thing, one thing. His first uh, debut in uh, in Mexico, in Basco in in two thousand nine, he made a very, very stupid remarks. He said some some foreigners who are well fed, who are who have nothing to do always try to find a force with our, our domestic issues. First, China did, does not export revolution. Second, China does not export uh, poverty and hunger. And third, we Chinese do not try to trouble you. So What else you can you say? So from that moment, I noticed that he's the guy who would bring China really, really back to Mao Zedong. Mao Zedong's period, in his under his under his uh, reign or uh, political political ruling, there would be no chance for China to have a top-down political reform. But actually, I would say Xi Jinping is a is a very very tough guy. He's a, he could for his own for his own personal issue to. Break the law, break the uh, break the rule of Hong Kong, break the one one country two system. He just uh, sent his agents uh, sneak into Hong Kong and to kidnap all these uh, all these uh, uh, all, uh, these uh, uh, bookstore uh, bookstore uh, bookstore workers time, yeah, back, yeah. back to China just for someone was going to was going to run a book about his uh, personal affairs. So so. He's so so yeah, on that,
0: did. I mean, Christopher asks, and I'm going to pick up exactly that point, do you think that the arrogance of the current uh, Communist Party regime in China is only a thin disguise for its underlying fear and insecurity? Do you think Xi Jinping actually feels insecure in his position?
1: Uh, it was rumored that he had escaped so many assassinations, but... It can't be it can't be uh, proved, uh, but I think Xi Jinping. If you check his uh, personality, he's a quite bold man. He just uh, followed his father. His father was quite bold. His father used to uh, criticize all the senior leaders except Deng Xiaoping. When when they uh, they had the uh, private private meeting to to uh, push uh, Hu Yaobang uh, out of office. So Xi Jinping is a, I think he's a guy. He's very, he's very bold. He's very bold, reckless. So he he, he doesn't have to think about the outcome, uh, the the bad outcome. So the, so so these days you you look look at the the situation now in China. Uh, he had a skirmish with uh, with India. And he's trying to uh, uh, to militarily attack Taiwan. Uh, he pretend to do that, and also he he caused another problem in in the Mongolia. To be honest, he should at this time he should be uh, be uh, to show his uh, not showing his uh, strength. He should try to buy the time to be to show his uh, weakness, even his. Uh, Fain, fain weakness, but he didn't. He just mm-hmm. keeping his way. So that's why I think a human factor is very important to to change the political situation. Because of his boldness, his reckless, uh, recklessness, he could anger, anger Donald Trump. He could anger the whole world. That could uh, bring the. Uh, Bring the, bring the uh, cat, uh, catastrophe the attack from outside from outside. That could also bring the uh, domestic uh, domestic political change. So, for no. Xi Jinping, I, I'm very happy to see he's still in still still in uh, in the position uh, because he's the only one to bring bring the CCP uh, to the to the to, to demise.
0: Now, Richard has a question I know will be very dear to your heart. It's about Dr. Sun Yat-sen, the uh, founder of Modern Republic in China. Uh, he asked, Does doc- did Dr. Sun get his political vision of democracy from studying at Hong Kong Baptist Medical College or from Confucianism in his native Guangdong or, I might add, from his time spent in Hawaii? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So what's where the you, well, where do you think his vision came from? His attachment to democracy.
1: I think uh, his uh, his vision came from his uh, his uh, his study of uh, out of China. That's very 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 important uh, to me. How can I get this uh, vision? have this kind of thought? I started to learn English when I was a young boy, and as and I learned. English literature, American literature. So I can uh, absorb so many ideas. So I think uh, Dr. Sen very important for Dr. Sen He absorbed these uh, thoughts overseas, not in China, but he also he had a very good, uh, uh, good command of the Chinese language and the Chinese culture. And he's a very courageous man. He has his, uh, he has his decision determined a decision in his mind, he was trying to achieve that. So he spent his, uh, uh, the whole life, the whole life to achieve that. But he's, uh, uh, but anyhow, he was very lucky. He, uh, he uh, realized his, uh, his dream, uh, his dream in 19, 1911, uh, eventually this revolution overthrew the, overthrew the Qin dynasty. So Dr. Sun yat was really said, really great model For us to follow.
0: So speaking of of contacts with the West, uh, Christopher asks. Christopher says the former Soviet Union always feared ideological contamination through contact with the West. Yet China has sent you know millions of students overseas to study in the West. Why isn't China uh, today's you know communist China fearful of contacts with the West? Fearful contact, uh, contact, well, why uh, is it allowed so much contact back and forth when the Soviet Union, for example, prohibited people from going to the West?
1: Uh, I think uh, we have to have a close look at the China, Chinese leaders' uh, thinking inside. They, they use their knowledge or political wisdom to fool the whole world, and the, the West democracy had been e- uh, demonstrated to be easily to be to be fooled. So that's why the Chinese government used his uh, technology. They used the Chinese Asian, uh, Asian political wisdom. We call we call it the 36 stratagems. They use that to tackle with the Chinese uh, with foreigners. Eventually, uh, maybe five years or six years ago, uh, an American scholar. Uh, Michael Pillsbury noticed that he wrote a book. He wrote a book, "A Hundred-Year Marathon." He reviews that Chinese government just make a good use, good use to fee- to fool the West democracy, especially the United States, to fool the United States to gain his, uh, uh, for his own gain. So he de- and also look at the this situation, the Great Firewall effectively help the chinese government to block the in, the flow of information that the people inside china could not s- accept or receive the information from outside outside, outside china they could be only be uh, brainwashed and they use the tools and use their uh, use their strong economic strength to to realize that so that's why they send all these chinese students overseas and Look at these students. Very, very rarely you could find someone who would like to pick up the uh, Western ideas. They just can still thinking of of China, still to demonstrate their patriotism, the nationalism works very, very good. So many years ago when I noticed the uh, Confucius College institution, uh, institutes, I immediately pointed out, oh, it's a kind of a, a political uh, ideology of the Chinese government, uh, Chinese government's ideology, the trans, uh, trans uh, transfusion, out, outside. But Western democracies had no co- this kind of thinking. Oh, this is okay. That's that's good. You spend a uh, pay a huge huge lot of money to build the buildings to to erect this kind of institute. Actually, this is for their uh, for the. For the for for work for the Chinese government, to convey uh, to convey that idea to uh, how can, to numb the Westerners, the Westerners have no idea to realize that because they couldn't see the real color, real color of Chinese uh, Chinese Communist regime.
0: Now Elizabeth wants to bring this home to Australia. Uh, she asks, uh, China uh, China knows that Australia doesn't just do what the United States tells it to do. But of course, they use that rhetoric all the time that Australia is merely the, quote unquote, lapdog of the United States. Uh, Does Australia have to fear uh, severe retaliation from China? And in particular, uh, does Australia or anyone else have to fear Chinese direct military intervention?
1: No, I, I don't think so. I don't think China would have this direct military uh, mm-hmm. attack uh, on on Australia. Uh, it, it's really, really not uh, not possible. And uh, and I think even though China show uh, is eager to show his uh, uh, or flexing his uh, his muscles, but his uh, uh, military might uh, mighty still out of uh, out of uh, uh, reach. To the United States. The United States is doing very, uh, still control the whole world. Uh, the, uh, I would say that, mention that, the race, the race between uh, turtle, uh, tur- uh, tort- 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 uh, am I right to using this word? That means, uh, in Chinese, we say, we call it turtle uh, tort- and a hare. Right,
0: right. The turtle and hare. Yeah.
1: A turtle and hair. Yeah. So, United States is a hare. West democracy is hare but west democracy could easily so arrogant to to sleep to to fall asleep but Ch- china communist china is just uh, a territory just keep moving forward as long as the uh, you know uh, the west democracy could wake up mm-hmm. china has no chance to contain to to uh, to defeat the west democracy so i, I don't think uh, i don't think the uh, the chinese uh, military attack could launch the, into the soil of Australia. Now, it's it's impossible, it's impossible. Don't have to worry about that.
0: Now, we only have a couple minutes left, so we have a ton of questions still to get to. So let me just try to ask some rapid fire questions, and if you can give us you know, quick answers as much as possible, I appreciate it. Uh, yeah. Anthony says, that democracy is built on a civil society that is independent yeah. from both government and family, something in between. Does China have a civil society like that that could form the foundation for a successful democracy? Uh,
1: not at all. It's t- uh, entirely impossible under the tight control of the Chinese Communist regime. It's impossible. It's. I think this is a kind of a Western uh, idea, civil society. Yes, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, uh, Jimmy Carter wanted to do that The Chinese government is was so smart to uh, To overcome that just let you waste waste all your money all all of your money Just let you get nowhere. The only thing we need to do we can have China to achieve that is Get rid of the Chinese communist regime who can get rid of that not the Chinese people right. Chinese people has is power, Chinese people is powerless to achieve that only the awakening awakening of the uh, west democracies awakening of the united states awakening of the of the white house they know how to how to demo, uh, demolish this uh, this regime right. so the whole world have to think consider this issue i would like to to raise what is that so the whole world should help help to consider the reshape a china without the ccp the the whole world should have to create a better world without the CCP. This is the the task I wish we Chinese people could follow. And also I would say uh, Pompeo said uh, he had uh, the United States had marginalized the Chinese people for so long. So now United States need to empower Chinese people. Mm -hmm. So I would like to say another word to the Australian government. Scott Morrison and uh, Morris Payne, you people did very, have done a very good job to, stay, to stand step faster with the United States to contain to contain this monster. Keep, do the, keep doing this uh, good work and help, <laughs> okay. Chinese, help the Chinese people to establish a de- democracy in China. If China become a democracy, the, the whole world will be much better off and Australia will be, also will be benefited.
0: That's, that's, that's very inspiring. We have to rush through a final couple questions. So quick answers if you can. Mei Ping Mango wants to ask, this is a fascinating question. Is the return to Mao-style hard authoritarianism, or I would even say totalitarianism, all due to Xi Jinping or was it inevitable under CCP rule? Did Xi Jinping bring back totalitarianism or did the party bring back totalitarianism?
1: Uh, I think that Xi Jinping, the party. I don't think the party. The party. Uh, Xi Jinping is a very effective, effectively control the whole party, control the whole, whole party. Uh, so Xi Jinping is is doing his work to bring China back to Mao Zedong's period. He's do, he's running very fast. To and and a lot of people considering or have the speculation that the uh, that the, uh, the 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 private Meetings in uh, Beidaihe uh, would, demolish, uh, would uh, solve this problem. But event it turned uh, turned out that Xi Jinping still hold the position. He's still very very powerful. Okay, this is not not a bad thing. Xi Jinping is in power. He what he could do just to bring the uh, bring the CCP to to demise. So he's uh, he's quite an identical to the last emperor, last emperor of the Ming Dynasty. So yesterday I wrote an article. I could. See, Xi Jinping is running very fast to uh, a tree to commit a suicide.
0: And final question, how should Australia, we have to end here so we really love to have your thoughts, how should Australia be responding to all of this pressure it's currently receiving from China about trade sanctions, about beef, barley, wine, Uh, what should Australia be doing uh, in
1: return, it's no good for Australia to have uh, uh, exchange of words, war of words, uh, just argue with China. Useless. The good things to do is do something else. Don't have to concentrate on that. Say example, maybe two months ago, I, I sent a letter to the to the committee concerned. I said this is not my submission. I just want to be wanted to be a, a private letter and let the. Uh, uh, Prime Minister Prime Minister Office and the uh, Foreign Minister Office to read that Australia could do another thing very simple uh, to take the lead to to lift the uh, relationship with Taiwan, that could badly hit really? the bottom line of the Chinese government. Wow. If you do that, Chinese government would 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 return back to speak softly to you how to deal with this this, this problem. Please don't do that, okay. and we could give you something. So try not to not follow the Chinese China, CCP's uh, orders. Just do your own. So
0: I, have one, I have one absolutely final question for you, and this is it. <laughs> no more after okay. this. Uh, Pepe, Pepe wants to know, can you recommend a favorite book on Chinese history?
1: On Chinese history, uh, or on China?
0: What's your favorite book in English on China?
1: Uh, I would like to say, uh, uh, yeah, the uh, four classical, uh, four classical novels, the literatures, they are very, very good. Uh, one, one is called the uh, uh, Romance of uh, three, uh, three, the three States kingdoms. Kingdom,
0: yeah, yeah. and
1: also the the West to the uh,
0: journey, uh, the journey to the west. To
1: the west. Yeah, I absorbed so many wisdom from there, and also absorbed. Uh, okay, also I I would like to mention another thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, China is a country is a country with a uh, with a historic uh, with these three things as the as the core of Chinese tradition and culture, Taoism, uh, Confucius, and uh, Buddhism mm-hmm. and I think Buddha, Taoism and Buddhism are really really good you can learn a lot of things for that you could read Lao Tzu and read Zen master uh, they oh. give you a, they could give you a lot of uh, wisdom so I would like to give you this word give you this uh, okay I can't remember uh, this is very interesting I learned from uh, Zen master see the invisible listen to the inaudible. Uh, know the unknown, unknowing, that's, that's the real truth. I learned that 20, uh, 15 years, uh, yeah, 20 years ago. Every year I review this movie. Every time when I review this re- uh, movie, always I get something new right. to give we'll, me the
0: inspiration. We'll yeah. have to leave it there. Dr. Qin President of the Federation for Democratic China, thank you for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Sabato. Thank you oh. for, for your lesson.
0: Thanks also to our producer, Emily Holmes, for keeping us on the air. Executive producer, Max Hawk Weaver. The director of the Center for Independent Studies is Tom Switzer. And next week, next week, we have the... Oh, what's the proper epithet for him? We, We have the amazing Greg Lindsay, the founder of the Center for Independent Studies, who will be coming to talk to us about the early history of the CIS. Please come back and join us for a very special On Liberty next week. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you then.